The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. We're going to carry on in our series, What is God Like? What is God Like? That's quite a question. Quite a question. Because when you, uh, I don't know about you, but if you're going to meet someone, if you're, uh, whether you're going for an interview, let's say you're in the same company and you're going to be interviewed by someone, you try and find out what they like. Do you know that guy? What is he like? What is she like? Why? You kind of want to know what to expect. And also you want to know how to prepare. Because if someone says, oh, they like slides this way, I'll do that. Because you want their favor, in a way. You you want to know what to do. And so this is a very uh, very good question for us to ask. (laughs) What is God like? Because ultimately, we want to engage with God. So, over the last few weeks, we've seen different aspects. But today, we want to have a look at the names, some of the names of God. And hopefully, that gives us an idea of his nature. Names of God. Now, we're going to start at the very beginning. So, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. That very famous phrase, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Hebrew word for God in that is Elohim. So, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So, our very first introduction to God is that of a creator. Someone who makes something out of nothing. Creator. And as we read further on in Genesis 1, we get to Genesis 26, where it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It's still Elohim, the Hebrew word used for God in this context. But interestingly, we see a plural God. Let us make man in our image, our likeness. Now, we know in the Bible, there is only one God, okay? And there are many scriptures that tell us that, only one God. We see, for example, in Deuteronomy 4.35, it says, To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. Isaiah 44.6 tells us, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. In Mark 12, 29, Jesus responding says, The first of all the commandments is, 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And in 1 Timothy 2, 5, we read this. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So we understand from Scripture there is only one God. But here we're introduced to a plural God, us. Who is this us? Well, we understand that to be the Holy Trinity. Uh, And we have some support in Scripture later on, because in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, we read these very famous words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. So we get this picture that Jesus was there at the beginning. So when we read, let us make man, we're reading about the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. Now, what does this mean for us? What does it mean for us? Well, it should mean that we know who we are and whose we are. That's what it should mean to us. Who am I and what am I here for are some of life's big questions. Many ask, what's my purpose? What am I here for? What am I doing here? Who am I? Who am I? Identity crisis, and we see much of it in our world today, means we're uncertain about our place in the world. We're uncertain about our usefulness in the world. What do we have? What do we bring? What use am I? That's an identity crisis. And we know it breeds insecurity, of course. Because we're not sure about what we bring. Sometimes we look at other people and we think we can clearly see what they bring. But we can't quite see what we bring. And sometimes insecurity... Issues with self-esteem can lead to depression. All sorts of things come out of not knowing who we are, whose we are. You know, I was reading on the Children's Society website. They, they have a piece on identity and on why identity is so important. They, they stated that uh, having an identity can give you a sense of belonging, which is important to your well-being and confidence, which is absolutely true for children as well as for adults. It's true for all of us. Let's look at a a reference in the Bible. So this is a story of Jesus being tempted. Uh, He'd been fasting and, uh, and he goes, well, he's been fasting and he gets tempted. So let's look at Matthew 4 from 1 to 11. Matthew chapter 4, 1 to 11. The Bible says that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. 
Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Find this quite fascinating because twice the devil said, if you are the son of God, do this. But in Jesus' response, he doesn't actually respond to the if you are the son of God bit of it. He just responded to the second part of it. Jesus wasn't going to get drawn on his identity. He knows who he is. He doesn't need to argue with Satan about whether I am the Son of God or not. No, he knows who he is. And we even see that later on, if you remember the story of John the Baptist sending some people to Jesus to say, are you really the one? Or should we be looking for another? And Jesus' response is also fascinating there. He doesn't actually say, of course I'm the one. He just said, go and tell him what you see. The blind see, the deaf hear. Again, Jesus was not getting drawn on his identity. He knows who he is. And I think we can learn something from here. Because the enemy's tactics haven't changed. It is still the same devil. Questioning our identity. Are you really a Christian? Who do you think you are? You're not nothing. You're nothing. You're not going to be nothing. That is a constant, constant, constant. And we see that a lot in our world today. And I think we can learn from this. God, Elohim, created us. He created every single one of us. We are His. Our identity is not in the passport that we hold. Our identity is not in the class I don't know, upper, lower, working, I don't know, whatever class it is. That's not where our identity comes from. Our identity is not in whether we think we're tall or short, good looking, whatever it is. That's not where our identity comes from. Our identity comes from God. He created us. He made us. Elohim, creator. That's why Jesus didn't have to argue about whether he was or not the Son of God. He knew who he was. We should know who we are. We are children of the living God. He is our Father. And we ought to shift how we see ourselves from the creation of the world, countries, class, this is all man's creation. God created us, and we are his. You know, there's a song by Sinatch, uh, but I love the words, the words in the song. There's a bit of it that says, I know who God says I am. What he says I am, where he says I'm at, I know who I am. I know who I am. Do you know who you are? 
Do you know whose you are? Because if you do, it gives you a sense of security. You know that you're not defined by your circumstance. Because circumstances change. You're not defined by whatever else we create and, and try to associate with people. Our identity is very firmly in Christ. And like David, we will be able to boldly declare, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, regardless of what the world is saying. This is really, really important. Because we see so much, so much linked to this sense of, I don't know my place in this world. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know who I am. Well, we ought to know who we are if we've put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. We are first and foremost, at the core, children of the Most High, created by Him for His purpose. And that gives us a sense of security from where we can move on. Another name we see of God is Shalom. And this is actually from a story of Gideon. As you know, Gideon uh, at a time was uh, hiding away because naturally he was afraid, just like everyone else in this area was, uh, because of the Midianites. And, uh, and Gideon has this encounter with an angel of the Lord. You mighty man of God. And Gideon's like, uh, <laughs> not me, because I'm actually hiding. <laughs> I'm not a mighty man. Uh, but the angel tells him he's a mighty man. Now, we know in, in scriptures, the Bible says uh, no one can see God and live, right? So I can just imagine when Gideon realized, oh, I've just seen the angel of God. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Well, we read this in the book of uh, Judges chapter 6, 22 to 24. Now, Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon is perceiving this guy I've just been talking to is the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He probably remembered, you can't see God face to face and leave. And it's like, <gasps> But immediately the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. So that's where we get the, the Lord is shalom, shalom, the Lord is peace. You know, I remember there was a time I was, uh, and I've shared the story before, I was very fearful. I was, many years ago, I was going to go home, going to go back to Nigeria for a holiday and uh, take my family. And just a lot of stories coming out and it was getting worse and worse and kidnappings and these and that. And suddenly this thought started, what if something happened? What if you couldn't protect your family? What if this? What if that? And you know initially they come, you bat them away, you bat them away, but they keep coming and keep coming. And then you start dwelling on them. Before you know it, every time you have that thought, your heart starts to pump. Fear is taking a grip. And fear was taking a grip. It's taking a grip. You know, you, you pray, you use your prayer, and it just, just wasn't working. And the best I could do was just try not to think about it. Because clearly every time I did, a fear just gripped my heart. 
And I remember one day, because I, I read my Bible in the mornings before I go to work, and I was reading my dining table. And as I was reading, I got to this Judges 6, 23, and I read those words. Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. And I don't know how to describe it, but it felt like God was right there telling me those words. And physically, I felt that fear just disappear. And I remember I was in my seat. I remember just getting up from my dining table, lying flat on the floor, and just praising God. Because from that moment on, that fear just disappeared. So I recognize Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. Peace. The news didn't change. The circumstances didn't change. But the fear was gone. The Lord gives us peace. The Lord is peace. That's one of his names. That's his nature. The Lord is peace. There are a number of other names. Jehovah El Shaddai. God our supplier. And this is from Abraham's story when God says to Abraham, I will give you a son. Even though Abraham was nine to nine years old. Jehovah El Shaddai. There's Jehovah Jireh. God our provider. And this also is linked to Abraham when he was going to sacrifice his son and at the very last moment God says, don't do it. There's a lamb there. I've provided. There is a lamb. The Lord provides. God is our provider. Psalm 23, very famous. Jehovah Rohi. God my shepherd. Jehovah Rohi speaks of God being our guide. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord guides us. He directs our path. That's one of his names. That's his nature. We've been talking about healing in the songs. There is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. We see this story when God healed the waters in Marah when the Israelites were in the wilderness. And verse 26 of Exodus 15 concludes God saying to the children of Israel, for I am the Lord who heals you. Jehovah Rapha. And we see all of these names in Jesus. Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to guide. Jesus came to provide. What is God like? Well, God is creative. He's loving. He's forgiving. He's compassionate. He's faithful. He's caring. He's all of these things. He's all of these things. And he wants to be central in our lives. He wants to be right there, helping us with all these things. The question is, are we going to let him? Are we going to let him? You know, my experience of God is, he, recently we were um, on our Tuesday prayer, we, uh, myself, William, uh, my wife, and then uh, Gushin, meet uh, Tuesday mornings. And um, work has been crazy busy recently, just absolutely crazy. But there was this 
particular individual. It just, I don't know what it is, but just grates every single time. <laughs> you know, every single time. Sometimes I just avoid meetings with him <laughs> because, because I know he's going to degenerate into the kind of shout, well, not quite shouting match, but it just wasn't pleasant. And this was going on for a while. And then I remember that morning, usually when we're, we have the session, we say, oh, uh, is there anything you want to bring before the Lord? I said, you know what? This guy. <laughs> yeah, I want to bring this guy before the Lord. And I remember the prayer was, um, God, you've got to change something. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's just not pleasant. Change something or, or move him out of the way. <laughs> it was one of those. It was stuck between David trying to pray, God, just remove this guy. <laughs> or, or trying to be more like, just, oh, Lord, bless this guy. <laughs> So uh, I remember praying, uh, um, bringing it before, and we prayed, we prayed. And, uh, and I think the next day, uh, Pastor William messaged me, said, oh, how's it going with the guy? And um, in the back of my mind, I thought, oh, we only just prayed yesterday. And then for a minute, I thought, oh, they had a meeting today. And it was okay. Ah, Okay. But I, I, and then I messaged him, I said, no, it's early days, let's see. <laughs> but since then, we've had four, five, six interactions. Completely different. Completely different. And in fact, on one or two occasions, the guys actually said, oh, yeah, you know, I know I've been, you know, difficulties just because I didn't quite understand. And now, you know, my understandings are much better, you know. It's just a completely different engagement. And just little things like that, you think, wow, God's amazing. God's amazing. That's the God that we serve. It's not just for the big things, the little things. Whatever concerns you, God's concerned about. What is God like? He's a wonderful father. He's an absolutely great God. And I just I just like to encourage you to just let him in your life. Talk to him. Engage with God. Because he's absolutely there waiting. He's waiting for you. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. We thank you because you are a wonderful God. We thank you because you are the one who created us. You've established us on this earth. We are yours. We are yours, Lord. And I thank you, Father, Lord, for the work you're doing in our hearts to establish us firmly in your kingdom. For us to know that we are loved. To know that You care for us. To know that you are on our side. To know that you are for us and not against us. To know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, regardless of how we look, how we speak. To know that we are secure in you. Father, once again, we commit ourselves to you and ask that you will help us Help us, Lord, to surrender all to you. 
Help us, Lord, to embrace your will for us, to embrace your purpose for our lives. Help us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.